Welcome to the Digitally Dreaming Off the Gridiron Podcast. I'm your host, Asif Ali. I'm joined here today by 2021 Lone Star Champion, Devin Edwards-Williams. Devin, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. Feeling great today. Thank you for having me on. 100%, 100%. So first of all, congrats on your season. Congrats on winning thank the you. league. Um, thank you, yeah, thank I mean, you. How was it for you? It was fun. It was a different experience. I had to switch sides playing, uh, went from playing defensive end to playing left tackle or well, guard in arena football and then got, you know, got hurt then got went under the weather for a little bit and got my opportunity to get back on defense. And I was told before the game, better not come out this game without a sack, which I did. I came out that game with the sack. So it felt good. And, you know, and just competing with the, you know, you made family with these people that you, it's the one thing about football, you can turn strangers into family. So you had, you know, my, like my close, you know, close teammates, that's like brothers to me, Tim and Bobby, you know what I'm saying? Those, those people, I talk to them every day, like literally going to call to each other tonight to talk about some stuff. And like, we just keep each other accountable. So it definitely been an experience, you know, meeting new people and just trying to like, just get to the next level. 100%. And kind of what you just said, you know, kind of just harkens me back to when I played, you know, obviously, um, you know, also indoor back in 2012 with the Cal Eagles. I mean, it was interesting because after the team folded, everyone kind of went their separate ways and everyone kind of lost contact. <laughs> but then yeah. when I came back in the game, you know, six years later, back in 2018 to play with the Falcons, um, mm-hmm. essentially, um, you know, it was it was it was different because the sense that in a sense, like it was more like a family, you know, the Chicago Falcons had a more family organization. I almost feel like the West Texas Warbirds, obviously, I know many members of, of the administration, the coaching staff. So I, it does feel like, you know, it's kind of like a family atmosphere and you guys are kind of unified, you know, both on and off the field. So I think I, I, I think I think that's a testament to the, to the culture, a testament to you guys as, as professionals and, and as athletes, you know, but kudos. Well, West Texas was definitely a player ranked team. You know, you to win the championship, you have to be players first. The players right. have to be the running of the team. Not saying that the coaches don't run the team, but you set the tone, you set the atmosphere, and you had guys that competed like my closest, the closest teammates that I'm in the group chat with, but like my boy DJ, Bobby, Tim, Akil, T. Will, and then Zay. But then you also had the, you know, you had your standout stars with like Los, Gandy, you know, our quarterback Daniel, AD, you know, all the stars and all my other, you know, my boy Bink. That's, they had Spokane, that, that Spokane group, that the Warbirds Spokane team now. Like, you have all your talent that's all over the place, and you come together as one team. We joke around. We talk all the time, and we we actually hung out together. 100%. So, yeah, I, I love that. So, let's go ahead and start with the early years. Um, was, was football your first love, or how did you get into football? Football was not my first love. Basketball was my first love. My favorite car – Vince Carter got me loving basketball and then Carmelo took over that love. So I loved Carmelo growing up. I always wanted to be like Carmelo, but I was a lefty. So being a lefty, you know, is a little different, but I, I took his form. I tried my best to make it to the high school basketball team. And like my childhood best friend, his, his name is actually Devin, but spelt with an I. He made me love football. So I became a Jets fan because of him. And then I just became like just loving football and basketball didn't do it for me anymore. It didn't take the aggression that I had with I had a rough childhood so like football was able to manifest another person that you can like a superhero and like I like playing the 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 role of a villain like I love playing like the trash talking bad guy you know and I'm a nice person but inside the lines is the only time I talk trash so 
football was not my first love, but it is my passion now. And I'll move heaven and earth to continue to play as long as it's right for my family. 100%. Now, I do think, you know, your point about physicality and aggression, you know, it's funny. When I played basketball, I was good at rebounding defense. But then basically they said that anytime you go like this, that, 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 and, and when you move your feet, they call that movie screen. Or anytime you go right. like this in general. I'm like, okay, I can't, this ain't going to work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. And obviously, like you said, you know, coming up through with a rough child, I'm sure that, you know, like you said, football was a positive outlet to channel all of that kind of pent up aggression, emotional distress, and right. everything that you had to deal with coming up as a youth. And it was a way for you to kind of release all of that, you know, on, 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 on the, on the gridiron. Right. Of course. I'm um, playing football because growing up, I didn't, I'm, growing up in New York, you have to like, you had your peewees. My mom didn't have the money to pay for PV. So I was a very great street football player. Yeah. You know, I, I, I thought I was going to be a quarterback. I loved, like, I wanted to be like Big Ben without the rape allegations and stuff. I'm not going to talk about that. But <laughs> I wanted to, that's who I wanted, like Brett Favre, the big kind of guy, because I was big as a kid. Yeah. But then I couldn't read defenses like I can now. I could read a defense and understand a cover two and a cover three. But growing up, I just couldn't understand it. So I started to, and I started gaining more weight. So I learned how to, I like playing defensive end. And then I got to high school. I went to Cardinal Hayes High School. Cardinal Hayes High School, I started playing my sophomore year in pads. And a coach told me that I wasn't good enough. And like it tore, it tore me apart because just instead of you trying to help me, you tore me down. So I worked that off season trying to get better and better. We went to my junior year. Didn't play much, but I played enough that the coaches was like, we're going to continue to push you. And I had a, one of my one of great teammates that I can say was a friend of me. He was a senior, Sean Antoine. He definitely, like, he just showed me the way of just work hard, put your head down and work. So and he found himself a scholarship going to Rhode Island. So my senior year, they told me is either you could sit behind three defensive ends and hope to play or switch to three tech. So then I started learn, watching Aaron Donald, and that's who I try to, like, not mold my game after, but understand that he's a smaller defensive lineman because he's on, he's barely six feet, and he maneuvers very well. So that's who I try to play after. Like, I'm 6'2", barely 6'3", depending on my days, you know what I'm saying? Like, stand yeah. up straight. You know, God blesses me with some rain. I stand up tall. But that's who I try to mold my game after a little bit. And when it came to my senior year of high school, I had a great season until my brother passed away. And then that's when I started going downhill. My grades started to drop. So I ended up going to a D3 school. And then the, when I was about to leave, the, the D-line coach ended up going to a, a D2 school a week before I'm leaving. And then it kind of messed me up because you sign just like, like any team you signed because of the coach brought you in. So I was just like, bring me with you. He didn't, he was like, maybe next year. So I went there, didn't play much my first year. Then I had to transfer, ended up going to Monroe up in New York. So it was a JUCO college, didn't play there. And then I got, I got invited to a CFL workout. They was just like, yo, come in. We like you. You're young. We could just mold you into what we need. I ended up getting a pinched nerve in my back on a broad jump. And then they, they was just like, we can't bring you in, but get healthy and contact you we'll contact you and then just life keep on taking bad turns the scout got got fired so the new scout i reached out to the new scout he's like well that was the old scout i don't like you like he just kept it straight and i was just like all right cool 
So I did a little small, just to get into the history of like my football past. I did a, I went into a small pro league down in Miami, did that. I ended up with, we went to the championship game and lost, but I played, you know, I played, I played three tech there defensive end. I ended out, it was six games, three sacks, it was 17 tackles, two forced fumbles, two forced fumble recoveries, you know? So like I could, I was playing at a high level, then COVID hit. And then after COVID hit, I signed to St. Louis Bandits. So when I was at St. Louis Bandits in 2021, it was, it had some ups and downs. It had some ups and downs and COVID took us out for the season. So we ended the season early with a two and one record. I didn't have any sacks because I was playing middle linebacker, but then I also got injured the first game of the season. But then after, after, after I got home, I did a rehab for 13 days. I signed to Texas. They brought me in and I competed at the highest levels I could with my injuries. I ended up having, at the end of the season, I ended up having a frac- hairline fracture in my right wrist, back spasms in my right side of the back, it, all on the right side. I had an MCL sprain and LCL sprain in the right knee and nerve damage in my right ankle. And I pushed through that and I pushed until I couldn't push anymore. And then going through you battling your personal depression I was because I'm not playing my position and you know you know how it is you only have a football shelf life so you don't you don't have time to waste so I was mentally battling do I want to stay for the opportunity or do I want to leave because I'm not getting my fair share and I stuck it out because at the end of the day I'm a man of my word and it's not against my teammates it's just they need me so I'm that good enough that they need me that well but I'm I felt I wasn't good enough to play on both ways at the top. So I came home and I just went to work and like, I went to work and I went from 280. Now I'm about 240. I trimmed a bunch of weight down. I I shredded up. Like I've been trying to, I'm going back to West Texas for my second run. And I'm not, I'm trying to lead the team in sacks, lead the league in sacks. That's my goal. 100%. 100%. No, I appreciate you kind of giving me that walkthrough. And I totally agree with you. Kind of, you know, when you, when, I mean, you know, from my experience, you know, kind of for, for what you just said, it harked me back to my own experience. You know, obviously, because you also went to JUCO, you would struggle playing time. I had the same issue with me with San Jose City College my first year, my freshman year. So then, and, and then my coach ended up leaving. And I joined San Jose City because of Coach Coach Dove. He, he left for Fresno State the next yeah. year. And then when I went to West Valley College the following season, right, basically, it was cool. I mean, I, I was able to get some special teams time. I won the Iron Award. We didn't win any games, but, I mean, it was a great, great, great run, you know, because we had close, we had some really close ones, too. Um, and I was able to, you know, get the get the attention, word of mouth, you know, uh, of the San Jose Sabercats. And then, like you said, CFL, AFL, right? Come on in, you know, come work out. Right. You know, um, you know, and I think I, yeah, I do. Let me show you. I don't know if you can see it, the green one right there. There's my jersey from the from the combine little thing over there. It was, it was cool. I love it. And yeah, so, I um, see it. That game's yeah. fire. Yeah, so I appreciate it, bro. But you know, to your point, you know, then and then but then when they get down to a 35 man roster, like, yeah, you know, hey, you know, we're sorry, like, you know, come back again, keep working, you know. Um, the next season, the soccer the, right. the soccer bulls get get a hold of it, trial footage. And it's crazy how arena teams are kind of like, you know, very um very tight knit about releasing that trial workout footage. You know, I don't know why, but anyways, the they, they the stock oh, yeah, they don't like, like giving you nothing. They don't give you nothing, right? Exactly. And I'm like, wait, why can't I? So, anyways. That's why I was like, where's your highlights? I'm like, well, <laughs> anyway, so, but yeah, and so essentially then, then when the Stockton Wolves, then they came out the following year in 2011, 
they would say, I'd like, oh yeah, we saw her word about, you know, come out, do you play R, what kind of slot? I'm like, yeah, I play R. And I came out, worked out, came out last three. And then, then they said, yeah, like, we're sorry, but yeah, well, I mean, not we're sorry, but like, you know, you did great, you know, keep working, come back in next right. year. 2012 comes around. I'm like, okay, here we are, like, you know, been cut twice, <laughs> you know, and I'm just, right. just kind of like, okay, now what? Right. And so, and you know, my mom's getting on my case, right. I need to figure out, you know, get my, get myself a degree, yeah. get my actual job. Right. Um, and at this point I'm doing pizzas. I'm, I'm still taking my class at Juco. And so now basically the Stockton Wolves get rebranded as Cal Eagles. New ownership, everything. Hey, yeah, you know, same spiel. I'm like, man. And they're like, no, come on. Just like coaching, like, just just come out. You know, we'll see. You know what I mean? Last other, last other dude, the other dude was bigger, stronger, faster, better vertical, better 40, but they saw that I wouldn't. Right. And then, you know, I get the call. I'm like, oh my God, you know? And you get uh, your opportunity. But, yeah, exactly. And, but, and then to your point, to your experience, right? Like, you know, obviously with football, right, you don't want to quit, you know, but it's funny because our team in the league kind of with the things way, and you, and you can relate to this, you can talk about this, because obviously I've talked to a lot of members of the team, you know, with how the league kind of started and how you, how you guys have to kind of adjust, right? Same thing, you know, the AIF, right. AIFA, right, in the, the middle season, right, some teams got suspended, we were able to be the Western Conference champions, mm-hmm. rep- represent the West, we were able to go play the championship game against the Paper Heroes, we ended up losing that game, but we still had a great run, right? And at the end of the day, then, you know, everyone, I mean, like everyone kind of kept in touch, but I just kind of, I kind of disconnected, you know, from my teammates. And it was just like, cause at this point I'm like, you know, three, three years straight. And I've just kind of been through this, been on this journey and, you know, to come up short, even though we made it and it was such a great, you know, I, I honestly didn't wear this for a long time, you know, I was like, and I, and I still right. haven't posted any footage or any photos, photos that season, just because I'm just like, you know, I'm just like, man, like, you know, we were this close, you know what I mean? And, but like you said, I mean, like it, it was yeah. one of those things, you know, but then when I went back to school and I went and I took my great and took my break and I went, decided to go to move to Chicago after I finished my master's and I, and I got back in it. Like, like I said, it was a completely different environment. So that's like, it was a family, you know? And like you said, like, like I, my, my, my mindset was different. Cause now I wasn't a 22 year old rookie. I'm a veteran. I'm a 28 year old veteran. And these kids right. and these, you know, young, you know, new incoming kids or whoever, right. 21, 22 year olds they they're gonna i'm gonna have to be able to guide them on certain things what we're doing special teams what we're doing receivers whatever we're doing and obviously like you know i also held the gm title too so there was that aspect of you know of of, of it right so they're gonna look to me you know for for both ends and so essentially like with that you know obviously you know we were able to go you know and we made a conference championship run and then i was able to make my all-star game and then i was able to finish out the season and that was probably one of my greatest accomplishments that's why the all-star jersey last year's ever wore you know instead of play um, is yeah. right there behind me because you know at the end of the day I I, I didn't put on a team and that's it you know so I think that's kind of what what I gained you know kind of, and from your story you also had a lot of ups and downs you had a lot of different pitfalls you had a lot of different so talk to me about what your greatest challenge you think was for you and kind of what was your greatest kind of achievement or greatest obstacle you overcame my greatest my greatest challenge is coming from like New York. People yep. don't believe in that New Yorkers have like we're ballers and we can <laughs> compete at the highest level. Right. And it's not an easy feat because at the end of the day, like, yeah, we, we're not, we may not have the size like or the opportunity to show uh, the talent compared to Florida and Georgia and Texas and Cali. But we got some dogs that come from New York. Most of the Jersey oh. athletes are from New York. They just travel to New Jersey to go to schools. Well, but they don't know that, like Rob Gronkowski. Know, people don't know that, so they get exact. Rob Gronk was from Buffalo, and then yeah. there's a couple 
Purdue guys right now. There's a DB number 21. He's from he's from the he's from Harlem. Uh, number 99 from Purdue is for, also from Harlem. Right. You know, so we have ballers that's at D1 AA, D1 single A schools. Me coming losing D2 scholarships, you know, being kind of undersized at the time before the Aaron Donalds, the smaller defensive ends, smaller defense three techniques came out. Teams were like, yeah, you're kind of undersized. And then I what I didn't have a great defensive lineman body yet I didn't have my man body yet now I'm getting into my man body and in my not playing as much in college I'm underdeveloped so for my skill set everything is still raw right so I'm so some dudes will come out come in better looking better until the game they they're burnt out or they're physically they just not mentally they don't have that mental fortitude because I'm, I have more to gain than to lose. I have nothing to lose. You know, from my biggest feat, I haven't gotten my biggest win yet. I don't think I have it because every year is a new challenge to me. And with, I've seen some bad falls for myself. With, I was signed to, I got signed to Wyoming before COVID even happened. And then a month later, they cut me without even seeing you. Like, they just called me and it's like, hey, we're going to cut you. And they, and I was like, what's the, why? They were just like, well, we have a housing issue. Then they signed two dudes from LSU, which is, I'm not wrong. You're not wrong for doing that. But you just didn't have to lie. Right. You know what I'm saying? And at that time I understood, but it's, I'm not upset. It wasn't Wyoming, it was Wichita. So I'm actually looking forward to playing Wichita now since they're <laughs> in our league because yeah. I'm upset that they cut me. And granted the coach not there no more but they cut me without seeing me play. So I was a little butt hurt. So I'm coming for revenge, you know, but it's not in a bad way. It's just because it's football, you know, it's life. So I'm ready. You know, I'm I, every year. I don't set a goal. I set just personal goals of compete at the highest level, finish the season out. Don't get cut. That's the goal every year. Don't get cut. You know, you don't everyone, you don't want to have that go through that. Or that feeling, because last year, every year, and I like how they, in West Texas, they keep you on your toes. No yeah. one gets comfortable, especially on the defensive line. Nobody got comfortable. You can't right. get comfortable. Right. So for me, I had no, I haven't seen a great feat for me, but something that took me down to a deep hole was signing and then being cut a month later without even going into any training camp or anything. That kind of beat me up. And, you know, I appreciate you sharing that, right? Because I think, honestly, like, you know, I mean, for me, like, I didn't, I, I mean, like you said, you being cut, it's like you said, it's so mentally taxing. It's just like, oh, my God, you know? And I mean, like, you know, I, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, because then you start questioning yourself, you know, as an athlete, I feel like, you know, am I not good enough? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so the doubt starts creeping in, right? And, you know, it's, it's so difficult on the indoor level, right? Because a lot of- And uh, a lot family of don't understand. Yeah, exactly. And they, they don't understand, don't understand just... that. Go ahead. My bad. No, no, no. Yeah, you got it. Go. No, I was saying like, because my, my family's from Jamaica. So like, yeah. they're, you know, blue collar family, they, they understand hard work. But that understanding of making that sacrifice is something like a kid's game. It's hard to 
fathom for some part of my family. And it's okay because that's not their dream. They can't see it the way you can paint somebody a picture and they still can't see what you see. Absolutely. You know? So for me, it was never understanding for them. As long as I, if I can see it, then it doesn't matter what my family says. I just hope that you, they cheer me on as I go. Now I don't even post about signings until I'm on the team because the disappointment of like, man, where are you going next? Oh man, you home already? It kind of sucks because when I was in St. Louis, one a former associate that I unfortunately had to fire before I left to St. Louis, he wrote me a text saying, I hope you get cut. And that fueled me for the rest of the year because it's just like my positivity is so hate, hated on sometimes. And when you try to do good in the world, people still hate you. It's crazy you said that because I experienced that too. You know, I mean, for me, like, even though I started the podcast, even though I'm out there putting out film, like, for example, I, I, I didn't even do a podcast. There's some kids, you know, they know who they are. I mean, and they, they created a fake account on IG. They commented, oh, where's your highlights? I see nothing. And right. this guy's, and, 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 and this podcast is glorifying him as an arena legend. I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm not even, I'm at the point now where I'm at, I, I don't even respond. You know what I mean? Because I cannot allow that negativity. It's not worth it. Exactly. Because like, you know, you know this because you're, because you're still playing. If you allow that to, to, if you respond to it, then you're basically dropping yourself down that level. And as an athlete, you want to be exactly. on top. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of those things, man. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how positive he's hated on. And I actually saw some, I saw a quote recently, like, you know, they said, whether it's social media, whether it's, you know, your personal relationships, whatever they said, they said recreational hate is so prevalent nowadays. You know what I mean? And I oh, just yeah. don't understand. You it. can't run from it. Yeah. You can't. You can't run from that hate because it's everywhere. You can, they could find you on Twitter, find you on social media. They can, they can find you when you're playing games with your boys. Like, oh, you play this. I, I'm assistant store manager back home while I'm working. And there's still, when I'm training at the gym, people still test you. Like if you're not, like you're not a grown man. Like, yeah, my dream is my dream, but I'm still a, I'm still who I am as a person. Yeah. And you, I train not because not because of football. I train for my body. It just happens that football is in the most important part of my life right now. Right. So it's just that hatred. You can't run from it. But like they said, all, pl- all publicity is good publicity. So if it's either good or bad, take it because that means I'm, I'm living rent-free in your heart. And if I live rent-free, that means you talk about me to your family without me doing anything to you. It's all facts, bro. And that's exactly what I remembered. That's why I was going to respond. And I took a step back. I'm like, wait, they created a fake account to comment and, 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 to, and to have that viewed because they want their opinion to be known because I'm doing something without even addressing them mm-hmm. that, 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 that inside reaction that they don't like for whatever reason. It was like that even when I played, you know what I mean? It was like that. I mean, you're, I mean, because you, I mean, you know this, right? Whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on social media, like I said, on oh, yeah. all the different types of platforms. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll say, oh, fake rings, fake stats, fake this, fake that. You know, yeah. what's this guy trying to be? Who's like a... Oh, he not to... nice enough. The yeah. team's whack. That's why they brought him in. Oh, you know, the competition's not good. But you will, people will die for the opportunity to get paid even a dollar. You know, that the feeling of just getting a check, no matter if it's a dollar to a thousand dollars, it's still a check, something that you dreamt to get. 
playing as a kid. Like, I want to get paid to play. For, I When people, I get offended when people say, oh, you play semi-pro. I was like, nah, I, I'm a pro athlete. Yeah, I get paid to do this. Yeah. I leave my family for months. I miss family trips. I miss, my family's supposed to be going away in April. I'm in Texas April 1st. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I miss, I miss my birthday. My birthday I spent in Texas, not with my family. You know, you miss time with your, your loved ones. You miss time with your girlfriend. And, and it's just like, you make that sacrifice to hopefully you get that one chance that somebody believes in you. So I don't take it as, I take it more of disrespect when people talk down on it. But at the end of the day, I take it as the fact that you can talk about it. That means I'm doing something good. You actually, you actually, you actually just made a very important point about, about kind of, you know, the differentiation between semi-pro and kind of being a pro and the kind of the, the misconstrued, the, the misconstruation, or I guess I guess the misconstruing of that term, right? right. I guess people associate, it's funny because like, you know, I was, I was like, cause when I played for the Falcons, we had, we had the opportunity to play against teams, right? Um, you know, some of us got paid, some of us didn't, right? And the same thing, like, you right. know, when I played for the Eagles, you know, everyone, most, some players got paid, some of them didn't. It's, it's all ownership, right? To kind of make that sacrifice, right? right? You know, I'll be very public, you know, when I play for the Eagles, they pay me $8 a game. And then, like, you know, a lot hey. of my teammates with the Falcons will say, we do that. <laughs> you know, hey, like, you know, sign us up, right? And so to your point about kind of the dollar versus $1,000, right? I mean, I feel like if you're getting any sort of money, and even now, like with, with my with with my career and being able to kind of you know market that and still have a following, you know, internationally now, believe it, it's because of the power of social right. media, right? It's 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 it's, it's help, you know, dividends, you know, of being able to expand that. Where now I make more money, not playing than I did as a player, but essentially kind of with that, it, it works I, that way. It does, right? And so, but with that, obviously, the the lack of respect. Um, I think, you know, for the, for the, for the lower level, and I don't like, I mean, I say lower levels, right, but really it's like the minor leagues, right, of yeah. pro football, of indoor football, it, it's just, it's just, it's, it, it's, it's, it's really abominable, right, it's really just like, I don't understand how, you know what I mean, people would just go say, oh yeah, you know, you play semi-pro, and even if you play semi-pro, there are semi-pro guys who made NFL, who have been on this podcast, and who have made NFL rosters, like exactly. without playing a single down of football in college. Exactly. Right? So the difference is yeah. for me is that you have growing up, there was AFL and you could right. watch it between after the Super Bowl to all the way to training camp. So yeah. growing up as a kid, I knew what the AFL, you knew we used to practice motion pick the leg up, you got the motion man coming behind you, doing a, doing a, coming up, up the, the sideline, everything. You yes, got the sir. wing, like you having fun. But now that the AFL is gone, people don't know what indoor football is. Right. Like living in New York, only a few people know that the Albany Empire, if you're not in Albany and you don't play football, you don't know that the Albany Empire won two championships back to back. Correct. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, if you don't know, you don't know. So they will assume that, oh, you just play for free or you play for fun. And it's like, I play because of the love of the game. Yeah. And I want to make it. But I don't play for free now. Like, because at this stage of the game, the players are getting bigger, stronger, faster, no matter if they're in semi-pro or not. The difference between the semi-pro and the pro and indoor pro, we come to practice every day. Like, 100%. There's no coming late. Like, especially like a, a team like West Texas and higher, they hold you accountable. Yeah. You get fined. 
it may not be thousands of dollars, but that 25 bucks come out of your game check or that 50, all you're doing, you're running extra because you're late or you do, you got to do some type of discipline. You know, you're doing, you're doing community service work. You're, you're literally, especially if you properly prepare to leave, like you have a savings and you make sure you're set, you're not working. You live your life like a pro athlete. So all you're doing is studying film. You work for three hours out the day. That's it. You in team meeting, practice, and the rest of the day is yours. So you got to make sure you take care of your body. Make sure you eat right. Make sure you communicate with your family, especially if you're away. It's not an easy job, you know. And it's bad. And now imagine you trying to get a job while you're away. <laughs> Being a pro athlete in arena football is a difficult task. And some people can't do it. Some people fold under the pressure. And it's a lone, sometimes it's a lonely thing, especially when you don't know nobody. And if you're antisocial, it's very important to talk to your teammates, build the community communication with your teammates, but even better, market yourself in that base, that family base of the team around you. Because it's not the team that will get you to the next level, I believe. It's always that fan that might have a connection that will talk to be like, hey, he might not be NFL ready yet, but I know he a dog. I know he liked that, you know what I'm saying? And that's when you got more doors and sponsors. And when I came home, I was doing birthday shout outs for two months straight. You know what I'm saying? Like I was writing letters and emails for kids saying, oh, I want him. Like People said, why did you leave so early? It's like, I want to go home. I miss my family. But I didn't know the fans wanted me to stay. You know, so it's, I always say to players, advice to any players, no matter you in the NFL or you in arena football, overseas playing in Germany or CFL market yourself by yourself sometimes because yeah you have an agent yeah you may have an advisor but at the end of the day it's your mouth they only gonna say what you they work for you you know what I'm saying like don't let the agent tell people what you say sometimes say it for yourself one more thing that you said, like, it reminded me, it harked me back to one of my, my experiences, right? It's like, you know, I remember like, you know, one time, like, it, and I mean, I, I, I don't want to heart, I don't want, I don't want to heap on negativity, no. but it's just, it's just one of those things. Cause it's just like, I remember one of the dudes in, in, in one of the leagues, right? Uh, they, I basically, you know, I basically kind of, you know, post on my Facebook all the autographs that I was milling out, right? Mm-hmm. And one dude's like, oh man, awesome. I love how great you mark, bro. Like, don't take any disrespect. I love how great you market yourself, even though you've accomplished nothing remarkable in the sport. It blows my fucking mind away. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's like so much hatred in a compliment. It's a backhanded compliment. And the crazy part is the kids <laughs> don't care about that. Like when those kids come to the game, either they got a free ticket or their parents paid $5 or the most I've seen a ticket was $65 to sit sideline. to watch you play. Exactly. And that's right. the most beautiful moment in your life that when people come and pay to see you play on a Saturday night or, or a Sunday morning before, yeah. especially when it's not a NFL time. So you definitely got, you got all the city like coming to see you play. It's a beautiful feeling when the kids, I've got autographs, kids drawing me pictures, sending me like, hey, follow me on Instagram. That love drives you because they don't care if you win or lose. At the end of the day, I got, I'm signed. Our team signed a pair of Air Force Ones. I didn't think I was ever going to sign a pair of sneakers in my life. Yeah. That's a great feeling. You, know, you signed footballs, you signed jerseys. I've signed some abs- absurd things. I signed the lady's thigh. Like, I've signed some things like I can't say on a podcast. Like, <laughs> you feel me? Like, 
but it's a great feeling that people look at you and it's like, my, I want my kids to be just like you. That's the number one thing. Who you inspire and who you impact is pretty much exactly. the testament of your success. So it's funny because like, again, like, you know, like now, like, and it's funny, like my fans, like, you know, they've also, they almost become family. Like I know in Morocco, like they want me to go out there and like kind of beat some of their camps, you know, because American yes. football is growing out there. You know yes. what I mean? And then Ghana, Ghana, the rugby league, you know, there's a lot of rugby players, you know, one of my boys who, who's also been on a guest on the show, Sibali Muhammad, shout out, right? He, yes. uh, he, he wanted my jersey and he wanted my, my, my autograph for his birthday. He's going to be 22 coming up. And I, I mailed it to him last hey. month. He got it. And yeah, man. And I've signed, I can't, I can't, I've signed autographs from England. I've signed autographs to Ghana. I've signed autographs to Morocco. I've sent, like, and these are grown ass men too, by the way. So it's not right. like kids. <laughs> so that exactly. I think is, that's what I think irks people. Like, okay, if it's kids, no big deal. But fucking like grown men, who the fuck? Like King, no, no, no. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good with it because that's like, to your point, like with the kids in the indoor scene, because it's such a great family environment because to go attend a professional game, it's cost effective. It's a great place. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's a melting pot, right? You get to, you get to have everyone there. But to your point, there's also the and adult it's closer. Scene. Right. It's closer. closer compared yeah. they can touch you like granted it's covid but they can still touch you they can you can interact with them and when you interact, and I always exactly. call my one of my one of, one of my real closest teammates carlos that, that he was playing on he was on last chance you we had so much fun together yeah and we was like yo but let's put on a show at the end of the day arena football is showtime it's not showtime, it's not like a business it's not always business you have to entertain them because after you start winning too much they get bored. Yeah. So what you going to do next? You got to dance. You got to put on a show, pull out some anime kind of things, you know, like just have fun. And in St. Louis, I was in, I was on kick return and the dude's like, Hey, number 56, I like your hair. And it distracted me. So even that's how, how beautiful the game is. It's not like the NFL that you only can get distracted on the sideline. No, you can hear them talk to you in the game before the ball gets kicked off. And it's yeah. a beautiful feeling. Because at the end of the day, it's like, man, these people really came to see you play. Yeah. And the more you do well, the more they cheer you on. And then they want they want everything from you. Like they took these kids took my gloves. I had no game day gloves for the next week. I had to order gloves because I ran out of gloves and hats and my sweaty, my sweaty skull cap they took. Yeah. <laughs> it's like number 50, can I have that's how that's how kids love you. And yeah. I always say market yourself because you can make a small thing into something really big. You can, you can make thousands. You may not make millions yet, but you can make some thousands and make them believe like, Hey, I can do that. And that's all they need is someone to believe in you. Just like you believed in them. hundred percent. No, that's a great message. So obviously with that, you know, um, talk to me about kind of, you know, um, you know, what you already talked about your goals. But also kind of talk to me about kind of like, you mentioned, I think you said you had an associate. So what are you involved with off the gridiron? Off the gridiron, I, I train, I help train some kids here and there at the local gym near me. You know, I help, I help just mentor them. I talk to some of my former like classmates and any kid that's still in college, especially like a defensive side of the player, I make sure that their mentals are good. I make sure that they're mentally just prepared for the season if they're defensive linemen, I give them techniques. They send me their game film, and I'll we'll go over it through FaceTime and stuff like that. And I'll be like, "Hey, you took too many steps here. You took like let's not waste movement. You know, like I'm because especially since I live I live in Middletown, New York, and so I don't live in New York City anymore. Yeah. So it kind of 
the distance is far, but I still make the effort to communicate with the young athletes that you can still compete at the high level, no matter what, what level you went to and what size you are. And then my goals outside of football is to start my own gym eventually, because growing up in New York City, you don't have the facilities to do what you need to do to maximize your potential. Now there's now growing when I got into my senior year, they, there was a brand name. There's a brand now called about you. And that's a training facility down in Queens. And they started from my high school. They were actually my former coaches from Cardinal Hayes and they branched out and started their own training facility slash SAT prep. So I want something similar to that, but more, on all levels with all sports just like they have it they train everyone they train boxing lacrosse but I want to have one in the city one in Jersey I wanted to be able to be sports centric that is a safe place for kids to come and play outside of basketball because basketball you could have you could play anywhere in New York City and play basketball but kids that play lacrosse and soccer and baseball they don't have nowhere to go in the winter and then you don't have that ability. If you don't have an older brother or parent that has a gym membership and your school doesn't have a gym that's open, where do you train at? Right. So they're in the off season. They don't have the opportunity to train. So that's my goal is to start my own gym within the next five years to definitely maximize the potential of the young athlete. So they go into their senior seasons and their sophomore season and rack up the scholarships that they they feel that they deserve if you feel like you deserve it put the work in and let's put put the film put the film on tape and then send it to these coaches and we'll properly help you get to the next level so similar to what Jordan Campbell does with the winner's circle just like that but even better because it's going to be on the east coast so we're going to also do NFL prep that's my goal like do NFL prep do college prep you know make sure your grades is right we're going to have and we will suspend you. Like, that's how my mindset is. Like, I even talk to my associates here because I'm an assistant store manager here. I don't talk to you if you're not you're not doing your, your work in school. You could be a college, a college student. If you're not passing the class, my conversations are not helping you, you know? So unless you're passing, I'm not speaking to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I hold people to a standard, you know, even though there may not be athletes, I still want them to progress in life. So that's my goal outside of outside of here. So I do I do have my well, I'm I have to renew my my personal training license, but I definitely do, I have dibbled and dabbled with the personal training on the side. It's just that people don't respect your time when you actually set a time for them. So I'll probably get back into that when I come back. When I come back from Texas, but it's, it's been a journey just going through life and experiencing how to be a, you know, a young adult, you know, and, and with the family, like my family is a great support. They don't maybe see the future like I do, but they definitely hold, they hold me to a standard. They make sure I work out they make sure I eat and they make sure I have fun. So it's, it's been a journey. Definitely. What, uh, what did you think about the Super Bowl? Because you mentioned AD, and that's kind of someone who you model your game after. I mean, even though you're, you know, you said you're kind of not now because you drop weight and you might be transitioning, but I think you're still going to be, be, be playing a line, right? Or maybe, you yeah, know, I'm so still going to be playing defensive line. At, I'm actually putting weight back on because I lost a, lot, a little too much weight. Yeah. Um, how I felt about the Super Bowl, I liked the Super Bowl. I was glad yeah. that the Rams made it because I thought it would be a little too boring if the, 
and I think you're a 49ers fan. Yes, sir. <laughs> I would have thought I, I personally, no offense. I like the 49ers because of Nick Bosa, but I don't I think it would have been a little too boring with the 49ers and the, the Bengals. But I would have picked the 49ers anyway because I like Debo Samuels. Yeah. But with the Rams, I wanted Odell to win a Super Bowl because yeah. the narrative of him was so bad. Mm-hmm. And he was born to be, when you're born to be an entertainer, people are just gonna paint you in a negative light. He was gonna right. be a pro athlete regardless. He was supposed to be a pro soccer player at 13, but he did, but he decided to stay home to hang with his mom. You can't you can't knock him for not going pro to, to stay with his mother, to not leave her behind. So I wanted him to win the Super Bowl. It sucked that he had to get hurt. And now he don't know what his future is gonna hold for him. But Aaron Donald at the great season he had and the other other eight great seasons he already had to to really seal it up with a Super Bowl championship. Vaughn Miller had getting traded to them. Jalen Ramsey playing at the top tier as he could and Matthew Stafford getting his chance and showing that I'm really like that. And then Cooper Cup just alone, like coming from Eastern Washington and people didn't believe in him being a third round pick or he was undrafted. I'm not sure exactly which one I think is a third round pick. Yeah. And he just became a dog. So that that team alone and with it just showed like you can do whatever you want as long as you put your foot down. So I like the Super Bowl. I enjoyed it. I wish it went to overtime because I just wanted to see more. But Aaron Donald sealed the game the best way possible. The best way to win a championship is by defense. And he showed that from day one. So I'm happy for them. I'm happy for the Rams. Maybe one day, hopefully, I can suit up for one one of these NFL teams. I don't care. At this point, I don't care where it is. I hate the cold, but I'll suit up in Detroit if I had to. (laughs) I hate the cold. Yeah. I hate it, but I'll take it because it's an opportunity of a lifetime. You're from How do New you York? think about the Super Bowl? Wait, hold on. You're from New York and you hate the cold? Yes. That don't mean – like, I don't mind playing in the cold, but I don't like snow, like snow right. piling up <laughs> snow. It's cold, bro. It's really cold. It get cold, especially where I live now. Yeah. It could get to the negative 5, negative 10, and it's – nah, it's not worth it. You can't do nothing. It's cold. You wear jackets all year. Nah, it's only two seasons, summer and winter. Yeah. So uh, when I played in Chicago for the Falcons, right, basically it was uh, – mm-hmm. we had a pull vortex. It was minus 58 degrees. See? So. That's not that's, – <laughs> that's not cool. That's not – nah, I'm good. I don't need that. Like, <laughs> yeah. But facts. if a team is willing to pay me to go play there, I will do that with happily even though I'll be sad inside, but I'll be happy to be here because the opportunity came and I'm playing on an NFL team. But at the yeah. end of the day, I wouldn't, I'll be miserable. That, that, that's why I came back. happy as hell. That's why I came back to Cali. Exactly. Now, now, Cali, Florida, Texas, you know, Arizona. No, nah, Arizona. Arizona too hot. Arizona too hot. Yeah. But Florida, like I, being in Florida would be amazing. But anyway, it doesn't matter at this point. I just want an opportunity, and I think I can, as a defensive end, I, I know I can compete at the highest level because you have to have a tool bag as a defensive end, and people think you just hop off the couch and just rush the passer. Nah, you – you it's – I believe defensive end and receiver is the same position, just backwards. Right. We make the same moves. It's just 
you have to do it in a lot more space. We have a calculated space of five to 10 yards. Absolutely. It's the same movement. It's the same jab. I call it, we call it a jab and a stab. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you're, you're stabbing into the chest or you're jabbing away from them. Same thing when you're trying to get a perfect release and you got to pick your spots and make everything looks the same until the point of attack is the same thing as a receiver. So we train, we train to make sure things is, you know, top tier. Sorry, that's the work phone. But, but I'm excited for this season. I'm excited for West Texas. I'm excited for whatever's withhold for me at the next level. Oh my God, nobody's going to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to answer that in the front. There you go. They can answer it now. But I'm excited for this season. I'm ready to compete. I'm at the best shape that I've ever been until next year <laughs> like i'm running i'm running a mile in the eight minutes like at 240 that's that i'm that's you know it. like i'm pushing myself to be better i'm i'm taking things even more seriously than ever because i i want to play the whole season and lead the team in sacks because i know i can do that and my tool bag back to the tool bag my tool bag is like that and i help a lot of dudes, but at the end of the day, I was always taught you can give people the knowledge. That don't mean you gave them everything. At the end of the day, I can help. I love helping teammates because at the end of the day, if you're, I'm only as good as you, but that don't mean you better than me. You know what I'm saying? So like, I know how to, I know how to set up a move. I know what moves work on against you. Now, sometimes you're going to lose and that's okay, but I've learned to, next play mentality next play mentality as like a db you got to be next play mentality because short-term memory short-term memory because if one d and once they see you fold oh yeah they're gonna take advantage of you they're gonna make sure you oh yeah you gonna feel their pressure and trash talk get nasty in the trenches now there's nothing off limits yeah nothing's off limits yeah except my mom i might fight <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> you got you. Mom. And I got two moms, so I'm adopted. So both my moms are off limits. But everything else, go ahead. It's fair share. I take it lightly. 100%. No. I mean, everything with the lines fair game. It's just, you know, talking after and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. but it's crazy because, you know, I saw Eli Apple, you know what I mean? Like, and uh, he was basically close on IG. Like, he's motivated because obviously after the embarrassment of the Super Bowl, you know, obviously, because yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't answer your question about how what I think about Super Bowl. I, I thought it was a great game. Um, yesterday's guest, Tremaine Mack, you know, he actually was on the Bengals, um, not right. recently, but, you know, during like the 90s. And he was, and he's an right. all time, a franchise all time uh, kickoff return yardage leader uh, for Cincinnati. And yes, so, yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, and he was teammates with Eric B. Enemy, uh, who was obviously on the mm. Chiefs. And he yes. was there for Boomer Thayson's last season um, as QB in 97. So, you know, he kind of has that linkage and that relationship with the organization. So when I talked to him about it, you know, he what he told me was that, you know, he thought it was a great game, you know, and, he, and it was kind of hard for him when Cincinnati went into Kansas City and beat Kansas City because he said Patrick Holmes grew up in White and I think Whitehall or somewhere, or White House, I forgot the name of the, the town, Some, somewhere mm-hmm. like 10 minutes away from where he grew up in Texas, right? And so, and uh, and like his dad, like I think I think his dad and him, they, they, they share the same college, uh, high school base, baseball coach because he was a two, three, two yes. half in high school. Mm-hmm. and um so yeah i mean it was he was conflicted obviously eric right being on the chiefs too right and so you exactly know I mean? he had friends all over yeah. but you got to stay with the team that took you 100 percent. 
but I'm just going to echo what he said. It's not Cincinnati should not feel disappointed about this loss. Um, they should not. I agree. I mean, I to, to, you know, I mean, the, the holes on offensive line, the fact that they're able to make it while they're underdog almost every single round of the playoffs outside of the wild card is just remarkable, you know? Um, I agree. This team is only going to continue to get better. Other, and, and uh, I guess, I guess an, another NFL alumni has been a guest on the show, Mark Sogden. He's a Ravens fan. My college coach is now the assistant a passing coordinator at Baltimore. Yeah, you know, he right. basically said that he's, he's, he's actually literally, he's terrified that, that Cincinnati is going to become the powerhouse of the, of the AFC North. You know, and that's it's very I like that. I like that. I like that notion because Joe Joe Br- Joe Burrow, he cold. That boy yeah. cold, and he yeah. he don't shy from pressure. He reminds me of a a mixture of Andy Dalton because he's so polite, but with a with a Tom Brady, yeah, because he's so polite. Like he was walking up to Von Miller, like, "Hey, Von," you know. Aaron Donald didn't even say anything to him. You know, as a defensive player, you don't want to talk to nobody. Yeah. You know, like, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm going to sack you and I'll sack you again. So don't talk to me. You know, so he's so cold. And then Jamar Chase and then um, Joe Mixon. And I mean, I'm not a big fan of Eli Apple because now you're motivated. You know, my brother's a Giants fan, so he's really upset at Eli Apple because, like, he had a good season this year. And I get it. You got to the championship game and now you feel motivated. But you got cut twice. So you should be motivated since you got into the league, but hey, it, everyone finds their moments when they find their moments. So I'm not gonna harp on his loss now. I I, I liked how he played until the last moment of the game. My boy Zay always say he he ain't letting that that happen. That was a simple move that Cooper Cup did. You should have caught that, and Cooper Cup caught it. So it's just like it's, that should have never happened. But it happens, you know, you fall in that moment. He folded on the pressure, you know, the moment when you needed him the most, he didn't capitalize because he could have had a Malcolm Butler moment. And that moment and then if he sealed that moment, he would have been in NFL history forever. You know, now he's just he's part of the losing team and it's okay because there's so much growth. It's just can you get back to the the goal is can you get back to the in the playoffs with the AFC being that stack? Yeah. The AFC stacked. Super stacked. Oh, golly. Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore, obviously. The Chargers, the Raiders. LA. If the, the Broncos can the Broncos can get somebody there, contenders. The Patriots can sneak their way somewhere. There's a lot of talent in the AFC. The, Ra- the Ravens, if the Steelers find a quarterback right away, they, they could be back in contention. There's a lot of talent in the AFC at just like the quarterback level. The NFC, there's a lot of room for improvement. The Rams is the best, is the favorite still. So they could come back. Yeah, they could come back. You know, I do think the Niners, though, depends if we're able to get, uh, it depends on trade, oh, yeah. but it also depends on, depends on, I mean, if, if, if we're able to get a franchise and our franchise QB, like kind of like a, you know, a, a, a kind of like a franchise changing QB in this offseason. I, I don't know if that's even possible, but. I mean, but I just I believe for the 49ers, they just need to keep if they could keep their running game healthy. If yeah, he most if he could stay healthy, they could make it to the Super Bowl. That's their that's their downfall. They're running backs, and this year been a bad year for running backs again because the Ravens got depleted. Derrick Henry led the league after eight weeks with yeah. rushing yards until like the last week he was in the top five. 
So it all depends. Yeah, I actually got to see Raheem Mostert play uh, in the NFC Championship game two years ago um, against the Green Packers, where he re- re-ran for 220 and, and four TDs. So it was it was pretty remarkable. Yeah, when he um, was when he was a nobody, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's when he was a special teamer, exactly. He, exactly. You just gotta wait your time. Sometimes you just gotta wait for your moment. When you wait and you get your moment, like my boy Isaiah Mc, uh, McKenzie on um, Buffalo, Cole Beasley got suspended. 11 catches for 100 and what 119 yards when you take an opportunity you get an opportunity you know what i'm saying sometimes you got to do what you got to do and wait for your opportunity when it comes yeah 100 cool well man it was good talking so you got anything to close out your interview any final thoughts oh uh, no my final thoughts is you know for all the young athletes that do watch definitely check continue to work hard continue to push yourself, continue to fight for your dreams. Don't let nobody tell you don't do it. You can't do it because they just put in their emotions and feelings on you, which means nothing to you at the end of the day, because if God keeps on putting the same dream in your head every morning and every night, that means it's worth making the sacrifice. Now you got to make a conscious decision at a certain age and say, Hey bro, I might have to hang these things up. But if you're still young, chase your dreams, have fun, and live in the moment. Sometimes we beat ourselves up for not being where we wanted to be, but if it's still going the way you thought it can go, you're in the moment right now and enjoy, you know, carpe diem, you know, seize the moment. So that's my words for all the viewers out there. Have fun, turn up, and live life, you know. 100%. 100%. No, definitely great talking to you, Devin. Now, go ahead and drop those socials if anyone wants to get in contact with you or kind of follow your career. Yes, sir. So, on Snapchat is your boy Dev, your boy underscore Dev. On Instagram is Presidential Dev. On Facebook is Devin Williams. Or you could f- type in Presidential Dev on there too. Everything has to be presidential because that's how you move. You got to be presidential in this movement in life because people are going to judge you. And you go make some bad decisions, but at the end of the day, you keep yourself professional, shirt and tie. Um, yeah, follow me on Instagram. I'll follow back. You know, we can any other podcast, I'm definitely happy to jump on. You know, I'm definitely I want to help spread the word of your positive podcast. You know, Tim was telling me about it and Bobby. And they was like, yo, I told them that I had one. They said, get on there, just you know, expose yourself and show that you really a dog. So Thank you for having me on. Thank you for the opportunity, you know, and it definitely we switched it up last minute, but it was it was perfect timing because I got things to do Sunday, Saturday anyway. So I'm glad that you switched it on me because this is a perfect setting and I'm grateful for the opportunity. 100%. No, it was great. We had a great, great, great meeting you, brother. You know, great hearing about your story. I'm looking forward to your upcoming season of West Texas. Looking forward to, you know, all the good things coming your, your way. You know, I mean, it sounds like a lot, a lot of things going on. So a lot of good things to look forward to. So, Devin, once again, yes, sir. thank you for joining the show. You know, best of luck appreciate coming it, up. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, you. I hope to see you again soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Bye, brother. All right.